This is a Gao Media property in partnership with Jacob Media. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You've got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level on the SportsMap Radio Network, a show where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage, home loans that fit your life. Rocket can. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. I don't know if anybody laid a bet down earlier in the week, but I remember getting these odds from the great Jimmy Shapiro. Global Market had the next head coach fired. Now, this came out this past Wednesday. Adam Gaze right there at the top of the list, as expected. The New York Jets are a dumpster fire, and that's putting it nicely. That's just in case Jake Asman is still in studio and has yet to fully take off his headphones before walking out. I'll put it nicely in as nice of possible term as I can. That team is wretchedly awful full and di- a horrific Full disclosure, group. Jake has left. Good, good. He is much harder on them than you are right now. Well, yeah, of course, because that's his team. Although, at this point, what did you really expect? I expected Philadelphia to compete for the division. And here's what's crazy, and I'll tell you about this in a couple of minutes. That NFC East is wide open. It's now even open for Washington or New York, as crazy as that sounds, to make a run. We are witnessing some of the worst football in the history of the league. And I thought that was just down in Atlanta. Dan Quinn was plus 250 on Wednesday to be the next head coach fired in the NFL. Adam Gaze, the only guy under 100 that you would have to lay points on. Quinn, plus 250. Well, guess who hit? Guess who came in and hit? Dan Quinn and the Falcons general manager, Thomas Dimitrov, are gone. And I I don't know what took so long. It's crazy, but the lack of vision with these football teams is just so upsetting if you are a fan of either Houston or Atlanta. You were set back, and in Houston's case, way more than just four weeks of unnecessary football behind Bill O'Brien. You had your best player outside of the quarterback shipped out. At least down there, Dan Quinn didn't make any reckless move of trading Julio Jones. What a mess the Atlanta Falcons are. At least the Texans got a win. lot to talk about next. beneath the surface it's the second level on the sports map radio network presented by rocket mortgage from the o'reilly auto parts studios here's aton shander okay so clearly we've got a bunch of things to talk about including of course the battle of the keystone state dak prescott's ankle injury the chiefs suffering a big loss although it probably won't be reflected as such, you have a really interesting development right now with just the standings in the National Football League. We know that we have one game tonight, one game tomorrow. That's going to round out week five right now in the National Football League. 
and not much has truly changed. You know, Green Bay has the week off, and they didn't really lose any ground. Tampa saw Carolina now up 3-2 on their standings. Both teams with a shot at first place right now, and the Saints trying to do the same. That's how bad things were in Atlanta, where pending a Saints victory tonight, and I don't necessarily know how easy that's going to be, you had every team but Atlanta above 500. Suddenly the NFC South becomes what we thought the NFC West would be. And Seattle, very impressive. They get that victory. They don't cover, but they get that victory last night. And, you know, you have to credit Minnesota for playing really well for the majority of that game. And then towards the end, what would be, you would think, the Vikings taking advantage of blanking the Seahawks in the first half and kind of rolling through, Seattle came back and and found a way to win that game. And, And that was really impressive. All 27 of their points came in the second half. Defense which has been rough. And you look at it, oh, what do you mean? They gave up 26 points. Yeah, but that was consistently spread throughout. Credit that Seahawks defense for not exploding on one quarter. In fact, it was Minnesota who just malfunctioned, self-destructed. Seattle right now is as legit as it gets across the board. They are so focused And we'll see what the Bills can do. Steelers get a really big win. And we should be talking about the Steelers right now like we'll talk about any other undefeated team. If you want to slander a team that's playing well, it would be the Chicago Bears just because you know that's not sustainable. San Francisco 49ers are done. I mean, look at all these different things we have. My goodness. Normally I would just sit here and complain and just really moan about my team going down and losing a football game. But at 1-3-1, and one, this is what is truly fascinating for me. That Dak Prescott's ankle injury, probably the biggest story across the board here. Now, we'll look at Monday Night Football. John McMullen will join us in the second hour. But before we even do anything, just look at the ripple effect that came Dak Prescott's injury. First off, you have a really tough offseason, losing his brother, opening up about battling issues with his own mental health, ridiculed by idiots like Skip Bayless, and just became such a polarizing figure for money versus what he's owed and earned. The Cowboys definitely stringing him out there with the franchise tag. And you knew that it was just going to be a, a little bit of a bleeding out. Uh, come on, you got to play better. You, everything he did wasn't going to be enough. Now with the ankle injury, there is a built-in excuse. Dak could very well be a free agent at the end of this year. If, in fact, the Cowboys look at that recovery, brutal ankle injury, and say it's just not worth it. It's not worth signing this guy long-term. And a lot of these other quarterbacks already got paid. Carson Wentz already got paid. Other guys got that money before any big injury. Even Carson Wentz, who was knocked out that MVP year, which he would have wanted if he stayed healthy, and they won the Super Bowl in 2017. Last year in the playoffs, it happened even in the year in between that. Still, you pay a guy because 
His time is up. It's really ridiculous that the Cowboys didn't pay him, but they do have money tied up in Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper, and they tried to maneuver around their own cap, and Dak clearly wasn't having it. So you have the personal element, which is gut-wrenching. And I say this clearly as a lifelong Eagles fan who loves to hate the Cowboys, but I recognize the story and how difficult it is for Dak. And look, nobody should go through that, especially in the NFL. I don't care what team you play for. I don't care what you've done to my team. But nobody should put so much of their own body at risk and play on a prove-it deal when you've already given back so much to your organization. It's not like Dak came in on a one-year contract and Jerry Jones said, well, nobody else wants to pay you, young man, so you come in for this cut-rate deal and we'll see. Why don't you show the world what you can do? And then he got paid. Uh Uh-uh, this guy already came out and proved a ton to everybody in Dallas that he at least deserved the same money that was coming down to the Wences and other quarterbacks. So immediately you look at Dallas and you think, my goodness, what are we really doing right now? You know, what's happened here? You've lost your quarterback, your left tackle. Yeah, you beat the Giants, but you're 2-3. and three. The team behind you is 1-3-1. and one. At least their quarterback is healthy, despite their defense looking really, really bad against Pittsburgh. Washington is a half a game behind that other team in Philadelphia. And then what's nuts about this is if Andy Dalton comes out and just self-destructs, if Andy Dalton, which is highly likely despite the talent around him, we already know the offensive line is banged up. They're missing their best lineman in Smith now for the rest of the year. If Andy Dalton just can't get it done, that defense is already cooked. So you need Dalton to do what Dak did. And Dalton can't do what Dak did. That's why the Cowboys ain't going to do what Dak did with the Cowboys. Understand? Cowboys could lose two straight. Giants could now go on a mini-streak. Giants win one game, Cowboys lose one game, and you have a conversation now about even the Giants at 1-5 with an opportunity to make a run. This is pitiful, but here's the deal. The Philadelphia Eagles, and I think I got them in there at plus 150 earlier in the day. I'm going to make sure that it's still there because I'm going to give you some advice right now. I'm going to make you some money off of my miserable football team here in Philadelphia. The Eagles at 1-3-1 and now have more talent in key positions. And on defense, it's crazy to even say this, but they are more talented than the Cowboys on defense. They just have a coordinator who is so stubborn and at the moment is very wildly inconsistent. But if you look just at the divisions, and if you look just at the futures here, you can still get, if you're looking on the stream, twitch.tv slash Show, put it right up there for you. You can still get Philadelphia at plus 120. Take it. Take it. Carson Wentz is healthy. This team is going to win the division. Andy Dalton doesn't have the longevity. He doesn't have the legs to lead this Cowboys team. That's really only a game ahead, technically, of Philadelphia. They don't have it. 
injuries, COVID, everything, all of these variables that are going to come down. And here's the other thing. We already know that Dallas is behind the eight ball with their injuries to the offensive line. The Eagles have made their offense work over the last two games, two and like a quarter if you want to even look at overtime with the Bengals. They can move the football down the field. They have a very new yet fresh face out there in Travis Fulgham, who is no Chase Claypool by any means, but he's not that far off. Eagles have made it work, and they're still 1-3-1. and one. They lost to one of the best teams in the NFL. The Giants are not. They're the complete opposite. And still, the Cowboys needed a lot to pull that thing out. It was way too close to, for comfort for Dallas. So they will, will be without Tyron Smith, Lael Collins. Those are your two tackles right there, two big linemen right there. Now you're without your starting quarterback. And your defense is pitiful. I don't know what I'm missing here, but the Cowboys are going to lose this division. And look, I would love to put something down on Washington and tell you, in good faith, take them at plus 1,100. But now Kyle Allen, the injury, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on if you would even dare even take a mini flyer on something like that. But if, in fact, you want to look at this on the outside, because when the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win, and it's going to be tough against Baltimore, I don't anticipate that happening either. But there's going to be this meat of the schedule where consistency is going to start play out. And that consistency is not going to be found at all. It will not be found from the Dallas Cowboys offense because of the quarterback. This is not Nick Foles stepping in to lead the Dallas Cowboys to a Super Bowl like he did in Philadelphia when Carson Wentz went down. This division is bad. And I'm not telling you that any of these teams, either technically of these teams, are even going to do anything. They'll get run out of their own building in the first round of the playoffs when they host in the wild card round. But somebody has to win this thing. And I've watched bad football year in and year out now for the past two years and this year as well in this division. And I'm telling you right now, the Eagles are going to repeat simply because of that DAC injury. Otherwise, this was the Cowboys division. Not even to lose, it was just the Cowboys division. Boy, that was a brutal injury. And I don't know how you can't feel for Dak Prescott. I don't know how. I don't care, again, how big of a rival the Cowboys are to you, to the teams you grew up watching. If you just hated Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, can't stand Aikman. You mute him every time he's doing a game just because he played for Dallas. All of it. This is awful and it's not just another guy in the nfl going through that it's specifically when you pile on the year that dak has had it's very difficult especially because one of the elements that dak spoke about publicly was battling issues with his mental health and i don't know how this wouldn't come back and immediately impact on it biggest storyline over the weekend most gut-wrenching storyline over the weekend and the secondary element of it is this thing now opens up a major debate for who's going to win the worst division in football. 1140 Eastern, that's 16 minutes from now, we will flip it. 
and look at some of the better stories, some of the best teams. Mention Seattle. There's something there we didn't explore. And also, I got to see it up close, man. That Steelers offense is legit. They don't even draft wide receivers in the first round, and this thing is legit. Chase Claypool, no coincidence, no knock on him by any means. That was not luck. And something about Roethlisberger as well that we have to explore. Two non-football things we'll try and squeeze in next. Hall of Famer has passed away in baseball, and one of the more bizarre quotes you'll ever hear from LeBron James. We'll do that next on the Second Level Sports Map Radio. You're listening to The Second Level on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket can. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. I remember Joe Morgan, just his voice. And I just want to get this out first and then listen to this quote from LeBron James. But... Joe Morgan passed away, 77 years old, and people in sports, entertainment, they pass away, and, and sometimes we dedicate rejoins if it's Eddie Van Halen. Sometimes we mention them and move on after telling a story or two. And the case of Joe Morgan, for me as a 42-year-old man on this planet here, I didn't watch Joe play as somebody who was full-on intent watching the game, clearly. But what I did grow up listening to, Joe Morgan and Johnny Miller, as some of the most influential television I've ever heard. Like, it, it was, for me, that broadcast tandem was as much of an influence as Marv Albert and I don't know, Matt Gukas, right? <laughs> The, this was the tandem. This was the baseball tandem. And you would just rush to the television and listen. And, and Johnny Miller was great. Don't get me wrong. He has that great voice. And he's this master enunciator. Joe Morgan was so smooth. It's really tough to be as smooth as Joe was and give you the analysis that would be educational. It's tough. I'll give you a perfect example of somebody who he's not smooth like Joe, but he and everything is subjective in this is I get it. But I love Hubie Brown because there is a lot of education. There's a lot of coaching. Mike Fratella was another guy like that, and that's why Al Marv Albert would dub him the czar of the telestrator. Joe Morgan would break down, would explain plays, would explain a pitch. He would give you the technical element of it, but you could have a conversation with him in the booth if you're Johnny Miller. You could talk about things, and there would be stories, and Joe would just, it seemed like he was connected to so many different elements in baseball, and as a viewer, you respected that. And then once you grow older, you realize, wow, this guy actually was an incredible baseball player, Hall of Famer for a reason, and one of the best second basemen who ever played. And I'd argue that he was nearly as good in the booth as he was at second base and at the plate, which is impossible. I mean, that is to walk that balance as a Hall of Famer and then turn into a Hall of Fame broadcaster doesn't happen. 
So Joe Morgan, 77 years old, passes on. And for a lot of people, younger than me, I'm sure, will be remembered for not only once you grow older and realize how impactful he was on the actual game, but the way in which he called the game and presented the game was legendary. Now, as far as legendary is concerned, and what a great way to phase off that and segue into LeBron James. I'm just going to let you hear this cut, courtesy of Ron Culver here. Thank you, sir, for pulling this. This is LeBron tell ESPN, I guess, talking to ESPN following the finals victory last night. In case you missed it, it's a Monday. We should be talking all NFL, but, hey, the NBA finals ended. And a lot of people haven't been watching, so... This is one of the things you might have missed, LeBron, on respect. means a lot. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm curious. I'm curious. Um, Should we put, like, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, should we play that underneath this cut? I feel like we should probably add some sort of production element. Yet, at the same time, I feel bad asking you to do something. Why do you feel bad asking me to do something? Well, you know, now you have to go pull the damn clip. Well, I got to see if we have it. There's, yeah, because this is a, a situation where, yeah, no problem at all. Be quick and painless versus now you have you know, to go work. We're going to we're going to be here for a quick minute. But we do have look at this. It means a lot. It means a lot to represent this franchise. Um, Jeannie. I told Jeannie when I came here that uh, I was going to put this franchise back in a position where it belongs. Um, her late great father did it for so many years, and she just, you know, took it on after that. And for me to be a part of such a historical franchise is uh, it's an unbelievable feeling, not only for myself, but for my teammates, for the organization, for the coaches, for the trainers, everybody that's here. We just want our respect. Rob wants his respect. Coach Vogel wants his respect. Our organization want their respect. Laker Nation want their respect. And I want my damn respect, too. What is he talking about? Honestly. This is the 17th championship. LeBron, hold on a second. You know exactly how crazy he has bought in to the Skip Bayless Stephen that, A. Smith that's the only rap. thing I can think of. He has completely bought into it. What's wrong with him? That's the only thing he's I can think of is that he's smart for this. Is that he's bought into the the whole Skip Bayless thing? The, yes. I I have no idea. I mean, let's 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 look at it. Okay? I love LeBron, and this makes no sense to me. I, I look at it this way. I'm not going to say he's the number one player of all time. I'm not going to say Jordan's the number one player of all time. Wilt? No, 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 no. All I know is this, right? That yes. players like Wilt Chamberlain, players like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar aren't even in the conversation anymore. Yes, centers have been phased out because but, they've but been phased those out of the were, game. Those were the true giants of the game. Bill Russell was a giant of the game. We don't even consider, we don't even think twice about right. whether or not he's one of the you know greatest players of all time. It's uh, the conversation between Jordan and, and LeBron James. Look at Kobe, and that's you can fine. make the argument that Kobe's last two championships, he played with less than LeBron even has played around and definitely Michael Jordan. Yeah. And, so listen, I, and Kobe, what well, maybe we maybe we put Kobe at 3, possibly yeah, 4. But here's the thing. 
The only lack of respect that LeBron James is getting comes from morons who are on the television in the morning arguing back and forth whether or not LeBron is better than MJ. And I guarantee you, that had the biggest impact for when I missed a game or missed a half or went to the NFL or went to something else was the LeBron. Like, I have LeBron James versus MJ fatigue, and I think other people do, and it trickled down to their viewing habits. Honestly, now, you can make the social comments all you want. Separate that from actual basketball people who have been watching that thought, eh, just hits a little different. All right, Frank Vogel, you want to give him his respect? Go ahead, give him his respect. Nobody on the late. There's been no disrespect. He won 17 rings. And LeBron, my goodness, don't fall into this trap. Nobody. The only disrespect you've ever gotten in the last four or five years has been as a result of you matched up with MJ. I think he's better than this. With the root of the issues, it's the second level on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, let's just look as we head into tonight. A reminder, we do not have that Patriots-Broncos game. Bill Belichick essentially shut that down. And for anybody on the other end of that, Denver, let's say, who's complaining that you practiced all week and now you have a bye week as a result of that, you are not going to get paid. If this game was... I, I see, I, I hope everybody playing in the NFL realizes this. A postpo- It's one thing to postpone it, meaning you're going to play the game again. If it's canceled and just written up as a forfeit, nobody gets paid. Neither team, unless you have that now newly litigated into the CBA as it stands now. Nobody gets paid. Now, again, that can change, and if you push this, you still need universal support in order to move something. So already, I think you have to understand, from at least my standpoint, that you're better off sucking it up. I know Ben tried to complain about this before they came in and outlasted the Eagles on Sunday. But just you have to move on from this and just play your schedule in front of you, knowing that you saved yourself a payday with that postponement. That's it. There's really no other way to twist this thing. Broncos Patriots originally moved to 5 o'clock Eastern tonight. I was excited because for the first time in the history of the NFL, we would have daytime football during the week. Sit down at 5 o'clock. That's not even dinner for most people on the East Coast. Now, that's going to be moved to Sunday, October 18th. That's a week from this past Sunday. So the Broncos-Dolphins game that was set for next week, this coming Sunday, is now moved to week 11. So, we move on. The Chiefs and Bills game scheduled for this Thursday has been moved to Monday, October 5th at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So we had to wait October 15th. I'm sorry, not 5th. But that doesn't make any sense. October 15th is a Thursday. So that that's wrong. The Chiefs-Bills game is moved to 
a week from tonight, which would be the 19th. So we do technically have that daytime football on a Monday. We just had to wait a week, which is okay. As long as we get it and just to experience it means 8.15 start back in New Orleans, so things are back to somewhat being normal for Monday night. Now, no Thursday night game this week, but we do have that Chiefs-Bills game 5 o'clock Eastern a week from tonight, followed by that 8.15 start, Cardinals-Cowboys. Arizona's a three-point favorite right now coming in. I imagine they get bet up some, at least towards that hook. Might want to jump in now. So that's essentially where we stand with that game and the ripple-down effect. But... There needs to be more accommodation since the Chiefs-Bills was taken from this Thursday to Monday night. That's the Jets-Dolphins game. That, scheduled for Week 10, has been moved up to this Sunday, while the Jets-Chargers game, set for Sunday, will be moved back to Week 11. Follow? Now, this is like a Rubik's Cube, but it's not you or me trying to figure this thing out. That's one thing that I I don't think gets discussed enough when it comes to all of this shuffling around for the schedule. The people that are doing this are the same people that create the schedule every offseason. It's not just some random intern who is now charged with figuring this thing out. You hand me a Rubik's Cube, I'm going to tell you right now, I won't be able to figure it out. It will hit a time where I just have to either put the thing down or do something else as opposed to, maybe that would be a good reality show. Rubik's. You call it Rubik's. And you just follow people around. You follow interesting people around. And you give them a Rubik's Cube. And there's a camera on them every single second of the day, up until they pass out, until they can successfully solve the Rubik's Cube. Now, I would watch that. I don't even know what channel that would be on. We should pitch this to Fox. Couldn't you see that? You've got drones. You've got a drone on you. It's a mini drone, size of a gnat or something like that. And there's a camera on you nonstop until you can figure out the Rubik's Cube. That would be me. You give me a Rubik's Cube, and I would be sitting here for the next week doing the show. Ron would be doing fake news. Uh, yeah, what was what was story one again? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me, damn it. This line here. Can you give me story one again? trying to figure this thing out anything i would be doing driving even though two hands on the wheel you'd be staring at that thing knowing as soon as you hit traffic or a red light just give me that thing instead of your phone you'd be on the cube maybe that's a better term for the show the cube i like rubik's but the cube would work too this is not the nfl front office handing me or you a rubik's cube and say okay figure it out now finally the Chargers-Jaguars game. Chargers getting moved a lot here. Chargers-Jags game from week eight now moves to week seven. Chargers-Broncos game. Let me start that over again. Chargers-Broncos game from week 11 moves to week eight. And the Chargers-Dolphins game from week seven will be played week 10. So essentially they have identified the Chargers as the one team that's like that middle line in the cube. And if you just get that, you can kind of work it around a little easier. 
Uh, Justin Mater Sports on Twitch. Justin underscore Mater underscore Sports. You can weigh in twitch.tv slash Shander Show. Our buddy Bo316 also mentioning about the Dak Prescott injury, how his buddy had that in high school, and it's rough. But Justin says he's got us covered on the Rubik's Cube. May have to do that. I don't know who would be number one. Like, who would be the compelling person, the celebrity, that you would want 24-7 to be dealing with a Rubik's Cube until they're free from it? Now, look at what we have here for Monday and Tuesday night that's going to carry over down the line. And if you really look at how this schedule has moved and shifted as a result of some COVID things, nothing has truly changed. I mean, really, it, it has not changed at all. And I understand wholeheartedly that people get upset, people get nervous, people think the season is at risk. Look at that. Nothing is at risk. Nothing, truly. We're not even at week 18 yet. We're not even at a point right now where following another postponement, we're at the NFL needs another week of football from the end of the regular season to the wild card. We're not there yet. I don't know if we will be there at this point. I don't technically think the NFL is going to be in a position where they're going to have to do now maybe by week 15 16 if you're still getting postponements that's one thing okay but it would take that short period of time that you have to work with at this point in order to get there right now we're not close to it we're just not the nfl has found a way they truly have found a way couple of storylines from yesterday seahawks win sunday night football by a point they hold on barely to a now 1-4 Vikings team that is clearly playing better than their record. And that doesn't mean that they're going to do anything crazy. It doesn't mean that they're going to do anything special. It just means we have to start factoring that in to picks and bets and anything that surrounds Minnesota. Kirk Cousins was, was there. Costly pick, but you know he was there. Played well. On the flip side, it's just you're not going to do anything to stop one, if not both, of these wide receivers. And this was not a good day. Think about this. Three touchdowns, you had to pick, but it wasn't even a good day for Russell Wilson. On the ground, it was. From a fantasy standpoint, it was. But from what we've come to expect, I don't even know. That might, depending on what Josh Allen does Tuesday night, that might knock Russell Wilson down a peg in the MVP conversation, despite just coming off on an absolute tear. Seahawks are 5-0, and first time in a long, long time. This is a really good football team. And what's amazing about this, what's fascinating to me about Seattle, is that they are able to outplay their defense. Their defense that will put them in a hole. Their defense that will give up a big play. Their defense that will not turn the ball over outside of Kirk Cousins coming to town. Not enough, nearly. It's a liability. It's not Dallas Cowboys-level liability, but the cornerbacks, you can throw on these guys. Safeties are actually really good. It's just you can throw on Seattle. But at 5-0, and this is the gold standard right now in the National Football League. It is. Chiefs lost the ability to claim that right now today on a Monday. 
doesn't mean that they're out of the picture. It doesn't mean that Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, can't come win an MVP or another Super Bowl. It just means today, right now, King of the Hill. And I don't mean Hank Hill. I mean the old game, King of the Hill. You're on the mountain until somebody knocks you off. King of the Hill, Seattle Seahawks. Now, two teams that won't be taken seriously that should be taken seriously. And I love this because we can do this every Monday. We can do King of the Hill, and we can identify two teams that continue to play well, that continue to do things, special things that nobody will talk enough about. And I can tell you right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 4-0 right there at the top. Eagles got good productivity out of that offense. I know you don't know Travis Fulgham. There are still people in Philadelphia that don't know who the hell Travis Fulgham is. But Fulgham, Ward, Sanders, Wentz, they didn't even need Zach Ertz. He disappeared. One of the top tight ends coming into the season, at least, disappeared. And the Eagles were still able to score because they have, when they can protect the quarterback, which they did for the most part, they can move the football down the field. It's not Dak Prescott with three amazing receivers around him and one of the best running backs around him. It's a makeshift offense with a really good running back that's able to score. Now, their defense is horrific. They gave up 38. First time. This is what I loved about that game. Coming into it, the Steelers had the longest stretch in the NFL of not scoring 30-plus points. And, of course, they break it on this Eagles team. It had to be an NFC East team. But that's not beating up on a bad football team. Eagles may not be a good team, but that's a legit win. And the Steelers right now are a legit undefeated. One more game, one more week. We'll see. They haven't made up that fifth game yet like Seattle. But the Steelers deserve all of the praise and accolades you can throw at them. That offense is legit. Ben Roethlisberger looks like a different quarterback. Speaking of which, I don't know, Ron, did you watch any of that game? The Steelers-Eagles game. I don't even yeah. know. If, okay. did you? I don't know if you caught the pregame, but he had an interview with Terry Bradshaw. No, I didn't catch any of the pre. I watched what Red Zone would show me. Okay. Something about Ben Roethlisberger looks different this year. Did he have some, and I'm not saying this as any type of criticism or yeah. being critical. Are you claiming or he had some work done? Does he not look like it? I have no, well, I don't know. Look, I, I haven't really pe- paid too much attention to People in my family have had work done. Like, that's fine. You All the work done you can afford and, and get with. That's not a negative, but doesn't he just look different? I, I haven't seen him recently, so I, I'm not a good choice on this one. Oh, yeah, you got to get a good one, man. You got to get a good one in there. Because I, I don't know, you got to get a good glimpse at it. Because I don't necessarily think that's the case. But we'll see. All right. Our impulse picks, how do we do? Ron came in at 8-0. and We had a bunch of games that were moved, postponed, couldn't get to, including, of course, that New England game. We'll look at that as we wrap the hour next. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Well, Ron came in 8-0, and meaning he won eight more games than me in the two weeks that we've done our impulse picks. And if you're new to that, we just fly through it at the end of the show on Fridays. No analysis, just, yeah, I'll take them, uh, I'll take this. Speaking of which, we started out with a bad one for me. You hit Carolina. So Carolina plus two hits. 
Neither of us hit Kansas City. We both hit Arizona. I lost on Philly. You hit Pittsburgh. I lost on Washington. You hit the Rams. I lost on Cincinnati. You hit Baltimore. We both hit on Houston. And I lost on San Francisco. You hit Miami. Both hit on the Browns. Both lost Dallas. Both lost Seattle minus seven. So that's one, two, three, four, five. You have now increased your lead 13 to nothing. I have yet to win a game on you in three weeks. You realize this, right? It happens. Uh, look, I don't even know. At this point, maybe my fantasy team did better. I had a couple of sneak players in there. I was able to move some guys around. Look at this. It's a close game coming into tonight. And I have Joshua Kelly. I'm down five points to Team Inevitable. Yep. Who is that? I have no idea. That's Andrew. It's Andrew Carlson. Yes. I was on with Andrew yesterday on the NFL Rush. He didn't even bring that up. He has digs tonight. Oof. And you have Kelly. I have Josh Kelly. Not great. Yeah, but I think, isn't Kelly starting? No, he has digs Tuesday. Yes, Kelly or is digs starting. Tuesday. Well, you know, same thing. Man. <laughs> tonight, tomorrow. I had no I choice. I don't know when the Bills are playing again or the Titans. You're going to get that game sometime this week. You know what's crazy is the Bucks and Cowboys were pretty much similar. Yeah. Thankfully, I started Greg Ward and Le'Veon Bell. Mike Davis got me 30 points. Look at that. And I had to suffer through Kirk Cousins last night as my quarterback. Oh, second hour. This is a Gow Media property in partnership with Jacob Media. Set your system's volume control for slightly above... The normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. The second level on the Sports Map Radio Network, a show where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage, home loans that fit your life. Rocket can. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Here's Aton Shander. All right, let's look at where we are with the setting here in the NFL. The backdrop is week five in the National Football League. A couple of teams get some big, huge victories. A couple of other teams are just barely above water. And then you have some teams that are spiraling right now on a major downward tailspin. And then, of course, at the bottom of all of that, you've got teams that haven't moved from the basement, like both teams that are playing at MetLife Stadium in North Jersey, holding on to New York titles like the Giants and Jets. So, as we head into a big Monday night game, and I had some thoughts on this, and Ron and I, I'm sure, will have a discussion before we get out of here because it's his Chargers team playing against the Saints. Jimmy Garoppolo, this was a bizarre little thing that happened. That you might, because Dak Prescott's injury and the Cowboys-Giants game taking over, and maybe even you paying attention to the game of the week, which by default was Cleveland Indy, you might have missed what happened out in San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo came out and embarrassed himself. I said this yesterday where it was, the, it was like he threw up all over himself. He just didn't know what he was doing. It was like that Eminem lyric right up until he comes out and actually drops the, the verse. 
but it would have been like if Eminem just stayed in the back with the sweater and the spaghetti and everything and was huddled up in some stall. No, 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 man, I can't go out, I can't go out. Jimmy Garoppolo looked awful and was benched, rightfully so, as a result of how poor he played, thoroughly outplayed by Ryan Fitzpatrick. But here's the kicker. Kyle Shanahan said Jimmy, coach's decision, was benched out of protection for Jimmy Garoppolo. Meaning, what? He had to protect Jimmy from Jimmy? The only Jimmy that matters yesterday was Jimmy Butler. And that's a shame that that storyline came to an end. But Garoppolo was atrocious, and I don't even think he could start him moving forward. the surface it's the second level on the sports map radio network presented by rocket mortgage from the o'reilly auto Parts studios here's aton shander well i am curious real quick before we look at the game of the week yesterday and it was by default of course 76 people were arrested due to an unlawful assembly last night as fans spilled out into the streets in Los Angeles to celebrate the 17th championship for a team that I guess, according to LeBron, needed some respect or deserved some respect. That's what happens when you no longer sign guys like Timothy Mozgov. You get some respect. But was there any celebration in the Culver House last night? Was there any dancing in the street? Was there any undoing the fire hydrant and creating some sort of makeshift slip and slide. How did you celebrate the 17th championship for your basketball team? You laid into the Clippers when the Clippers embarrassed themselves and blew that lead. This was your moment last night, or was it just completely hidden by your nervous trepidation, your feelings for tonight? as the Chargers have to go up against the Saints. Were you out in the street celebrating last night? <laughs> no. Do you even care? Did you even watch? I did. Actually, I watched. This is your team. I watched uh, probably the entire game, uh, save for a few spots here and there. I know I, This is what I've been saying all morning to, you know, I said it to Tony, I said it to Jake, and I'll say it to you. I know I should have changed the channel and watched Seahawks-Vikings last night because it was far more entertaining. I couldn't turn away. I could not turn off the beatdown that the Lakers were giving the Heat. Your own basketball team, you turned away from it. No, I, I didn't. I know I probably should have because the Seahawks and Vikings, that game was far more entertaining. I missed that entire game. Yeah, I, I did as well. I, I'm Except glad for, you said you know, that. maybe the... The last thirty seconds, where I was like, "Ah, you know, the Laker game's over." I watched all the, all the, uh, all the little post game speeches and you know trophy presentation and all that. Finally, flipped it over, and um, Kirk Cousins trying to lead the Seahawks down the field. It was very compelling football last night, and it took a while because, yeah, it was contrary to what a lot of people expected. But that's that but is. But the- I honestly could not turn the Laker game off, even though it was over in the second quarter. Right. 
It was just too much fun. It was just, you know, sitting there like, okay, they're up by 30. Could they get up by 40? Look look how, I mean, they were just, it was complete dominance. The Heat were completely gassed. They had nothing left in the tank. They had spent it all on Friday night. And then it just got to a point, it's like, well, I got to see the ending. I got to see, you know, LeBron smile. I got to see Anthony Davis smile. I got to see the reactions once the clock goes zeros. Okay. But so, yeah. that's kind of cheating. You realize that, right? What do you mean that's cheating? How's that cheating? You didn't watch. You just came in at the end. For, you know, a real for Lakers what? fan would have for sat the, through no, that for mess. The, for the Lakers, I started. I turned it on. Uh, it was right after we had dinner as a family, so I turned it on probably around the end of the first quarter, beginning of second quarter, and watched it from then on out. So I okay, missed the first so quarter of basketball. That's all you missed. I thought you were no. locked into Sunday night football. No, the no, whole no. Time. That I, what I've been saying is I should have tuned into that because oh, wait, it was I completely far more entertaining. Misunderstood you. You got here. it backwards. You I, were locked into the Lakers. I was locked into the Lakers. Why the did I misunderstand night? that? I don't Why know. did I hear the other way of it? Because I think you wanted to throw me under the bus. I did. You're right. I had a preconceived notion of who. No, you were I watched. As a fan. I watched the entire Laker game. Well, that's save, impressive. Save, save for the first quarter, but I. But what I'm saying is, I should have turned it over to Sunday Night Football because it was far more entertaining. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and that's and, the thing is there. There is just no competing. I mean, it's the number one most watched show in the country every single year on network television, of course. Yeah. By a mile. And, and this is the problem that we talked about this sometime last week, but it was truly manifested last night. If you really want to break down on some third or fourth level, and, and we don't do that, at least I don't try to because I know I'm not smart enough for that, but the real respect LeBron and everybody else talking about that last night would be watch us. Hey, tune in to us. And I don't mean throughout the bubble restart. I mean last night. I guarantee you the ratings get crushed because they went up against the juggernaut on television. There is no bigger machine than Sunday night football. It just hammers you. Whatever's going on on Sunday Award shows, all this other stuff. It hammers you. And the Lakers, man, like, it's unfortunate because LeBron is right then, even though I don't think he was talking about that specifically, but you were definitely, I think, in the minority, but you had to be in that group. Yeah, I... Because that's your team. Yeah, I mean, like I said, but for Sunday Night Football, I turned, I turned in when Kirk Cousins, on that final drive that Kirk Cousins was trying to attempt. That's, That's when I yeah. that was my first moment of watching Sunday night football. And then I had no idea. I mean, I saw the alerts on my phone, Twitter was going off a little bit, but I was following more Laker timelines and seeing what people were saying about that. So I wasn't really wasn't really into the Seahawks Vikings until afterwards I realized that was the game I should have been watching. Well, I, that's crazy that you have remorse because you watched <laughs> your team win. Well, I'm just saying, as far as entertainment value, nothing would stop it. You know, you know, watching the Lakers win a championship. But if you if you take it just as sport, just as the, as comparing the two games, there was one highly more entertaining than the other. Yeah, and and that's the other thing too is a close. Think about this: a closeout scenario in the NBA Finals last night, in which. The number one player in the game right now, the number one name maybe in sports 
especially since Brady lost some luster leaving New England, is playing for the most popular basketball team of all time. Now, granted, you add factors into that, and I think the biggest is it's the bubble. It's far removed from any home crowds. There's some elements to that, but this is not going to be a long-term thing. The bubble is clearly not going to be a long-term thing, although they may have to start up in some sort of like tri or quad different cities with bubbles. Sometime way after Christmas. Exactly. Can't have Christmas Day with five games, then what are we doing, right? I mean, if you can't get 12 hours of an excuse to stay away from your family to watch five basketball games, then what are we doing? I would say, though, last night is the perfect representation of the gap that's the NFL. And I don't need ratings. I don't need Nielsen. I don't need any of that. The fact of the matter is, you just can't go up. Like, you have to start scheduling against other things and not the NFL. And it's a shame, but, like, there's no other sport that would have had a better shot. I guess that's the big takeaway for me, is that there's no other sport right now. The Yankees in the World Series closing out with Aaron Judge at the plate. Whatever the team would be in the NHL right now, I don't even know what you would consider the Caps. The Penguins, not the best, but the most popular. Montreal, only because they carry that audience in the entire country. I I don't know. But it's not going to happen in baseball. It's not going to happen in the NHL. It didn't happen in the NBA. Think about that. What other comparison, what other analogy would you draw in which you had a sport showcasing its best player on the most popular team. Mind you, going up against another team that wasn't devoid of any stories, Jimmy Butler was the darling of the NBA Finals, and rightfully so. But on the flip side, you had Seattle and Minnesota. And that wasn't even about Minnesota. That's just about Seattle. Seattle now, especially because Russell Wilson has always been a compelling figure, polarizing at times, but compelling more so than not. And not for always being, you know, this comedian or anything. We played the unlimited stuff. He's awkward, but he's compelling. And his game has changed and adapted as he's become more and more intelligent as a quarterback. He came in really smart, and that's what's scary for everybody else, is that he's growing right now. And as the smartest quarterback in the NFL, he's getting more and more intelligent with that position, which is just dangerous. But that's the draw for me. Going into every Seahawks game, they have now become one of the top draws. Seahawks, Packers. Think of a team that you don't root for, that you will be locked in no matter what when they're playing, so long as they're not going up against your own team in the same time slot. Kansas City's like that, too, where it's just stop and watch. And Seattle now is must-watch television, and they were on Sunday night. And, you know, I don't blame anybody at all for watching a regular season football game week five over the closeout. Now, some of it might simply be you've got fatigue, you've got bubble fatigue, you've got LeBron versus MJ fatigue. And it's come down, it's trickled down on LeBron himself, which is a little unfair, but at the same time, all of the people who have been talking about this stuff are insane. Just they can't get enough of it. They consume themselves with it. And it's rough. 
because it's dominating every single conversation. Saw this come up as far as the remaining schedules for both the Eagles and Cowboys. The NFC East is most likely going to have a six or seven game winner. I don't think we talked about this on the stream in the break. No, I said five earlier. That's what I was going to say. You said five. I don't think that's mathematically possible. You never know, though. I mean, six or seven is probably more legit. Think about this. The Eagles are going to win the division at either 6-9-1 or 7-8-1. I have no doubt. Andy Dalton is not going to do this. The Giants and Washington football team are out, so it's really just Philly or, or Dallas, as it was even before Dak got hurt, but crazy. Meanwhile, the flip side of that is we'll probably see at least one team win their division with 13, if not 14, wins. Chiefs could actually still go 14-2. and two. So that discrepancy is insane. All right, 1240, John McMullen's going to move to tomorrow. At 1240, the game of the week. And there is a big, huge snowball effect of what happened last, really, yesterday and this past weekend. We also have some news coming out on Florida Atlantic in college, and it's not good regarding COVID. A lot to get to. Fake news with Ron next here on the second level. So can I ask you a question? Fake news with Ron. With all the fake news out there. Don't believe those lies. It's on Shander to give it to you straight. Three stories, but only one is fake. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Can Shander spot the fraud? Here's Ron Culver. I think he can. Sure. Hey, Tony, you've been on a roll lately. Uh, it's, it hasn't been bad. Yeah, I think you got this. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's... Has it been like a true roll? Well... Yeah, did you get, uh, you were right on Thursday, right? Yeah. You were right on Friday. Right as rain. Isn't that a streak? You're right. You know, I was right on Thursday. I don't were know you why. right on Wednesday? I don't remember. I can't remember back that far. No, but yeah, you're, uh, you know, it, it has been a little streaky. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you got to be feeling good about it. I feel great about it, my friend. Let's do it. All right, story number one. A beloved children's show from the 1990s, tailored with adult humor, is making a comeback with brand new episodes this November. What's the show? Animaniacs. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It's like the the little... Um, the Warner Brothers and the yes. Sister Dot. Yeah, I remember that. Well, they are making a comeback with brand new episodes. Interesting. Okay. Now, is that it, or is there some sort of, like, it's going to be on Disney Plus? No, no, or? well, it's going to be on Hulu. Okay. And Steven Spielberg, I believe, But is... do you have to pay for this thing, or is it It's on just Hulu, like... yeah, it's a streaming service. Yeah, I understand that, but... You got to pay this... for Hulu. Yeah, but there are, are different levels of Hulu. Well, I mean, the different levels of Hulu, basically, Don't I think there's and, two. Yeah. I think, isn't there two levels of Hulu? I it's think there with are ads or without ads? No, there's some sort of middle tier. Is there? Partial yeah. ads? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you, partial there is. Ads. All right, so the Animaniacs are back in effect. 
They're back in effect. All right. I like it. I'm not going to watch it, but it's believable. Everything's coming back. Everything. See, that's the thing. is It's so specific and such a deliberate thing that's coming back, it makes me think, okay. Let's do it. Story two. Story number two. A... Hold on. I'm trying to find it. Sorry, I inhaled something and I started choking on myself. Do you need me to take over? Well, if you know the fake news story, I'm going to say yes, sure. No, we, I, we can all, I can do something else, and then when you're back, we can move it to all right. 1240. You ever have that happen to you? Yes. God. It's God, not fun. Like, my, my throat just feels raspy now. Yeah, I know that. Our, I know that feeling. I'll is there it, nobody in there that can get you a no, cup of water? No, no one's in here. This is why Jake does by myself. This, this, no, this is why he takes off early. He doesn't want to. He would rather have me die on air. That's true. That's how he it's going to be. You're right. He would. Our good-vibed hero is at it again. Nathan Apodaca just created the next viral video. Is this the guy on the skateboard? Yes. I thought we already smoked him out as a cheater. Smoked him out? No! Yeah, he was a cheater on a motorized skateboard. I saw, uh, who was it on the NFL game day? They were promoting the halftime show. And they had him on the... The skateboard looked that shot. It was, it's, at that, it jumped the shark. As soon as the NFL game day crew was doing a bit on it, I thought it, it immediately shark jumped. Right? What? Is that because it's motorized? Yeah. yeah you can have a motorized skateboard. They're not as easy to ride as you think. They're easier than a regular skateboard. I nah, know that. Nah, nah. Because they look like, I mean, you know what? Either way. Okay. You're fine. Mm. So what's the deal with him? Is he getting a, a YouTube channel? or is... No, no, no. He just created the next viral video. So Has it already gone viral? It should. It will be. Give it time. I haven't seen it yet. I know. Give it time. Now, to be fair, I didn't see it the first time around either, but I'm worried at this <laughs> point that maybe it's fake simply because I haven't even seen a follow-up to it. It'll, it'll well, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any idea what's going on as far as, like, any type of specifics you can give me well it's uh you know it it was specific to the lakers last night so it'll be viral in no time at all it'll sweep across the country in no time okay or he might have jumped a shark who knows oh he definitely did can you at least admit that that this will be his last viral video it it could be yeah come on it it could be i i think we're at that point right now okay now Let's hit story three, because I'm still torn between the two. Finally, in story three, uh, remember that murder hornet thing we have, we're dealing yep. with? Yeah, yep. it turns out that that was all... Um, fake? Fake. Wait a second, what? They, I mean, they, they they did have... they did Some of those hornets did come over, but they're not as lethal as they thought they were. And there weren't as many as they thought they were up in Washington. I'm sorry to burst the bubble on 2020, but... Ah, it's nice, though, when we overreact to something in a couple of months, we're able to look back and say, you know, thankfully, it wasn't that big of a deal, but we probably should have still overreacted to it. Right. Right. I don't know if we should have overreacted to that. That was the next big thing. Like, what can 2020 do next? Ah, murder hornets. Yeah, that that is true. Okay, well, now we have the overblown storyline of the murder hornets. 
Story two with our buddy who's creating a new viral video. And story one, which is the return of the Animaniacs. Now, normally, I, what's helped me in the past couple of outings here on Fake News is that I've seen at least one of the stories. So that's helped me narrow it down. I don't have kids, so I don't know if kids are even watching Animaniacs anymore. I imagine that if I did and they were, it would come across my radar. I, I just want that guy to be done. <laughs> Man, <you're> like, <laughs> you, you had your 15 minutes. You got your crate of ocean spray. You used an electric skateboard. Like, Let's just all move on. All right. I'm going to say story two is fake just because you knew it, it would light a fire under me and get me going. All right. So I'm going to say that. Well, story two is not fake. He did create another video. <laughs> <laughs> this time celebrating the Lakers championship, and it will probably go. It'll probably be watched by many, many people and recreated in Southern California. Um, not only on top of that, though, Aton. Not only did he receive a crate of ocean spray from Ocean Spray, but o- this is a this is a fake story, right? No, it's a real story. The second part of it, though, I thought was fake. What's the second part? That he's come out with this new viral video. No, he has a new video. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, then it'll. it'll It'll probably catch on very quickly. I don't know. Now, here's the thing. Here's the little caveat, maybe. Is I don't know if it'll be viral all across the country, but it's definitely going to be viral with uh, Laker fans across the country, which are pretty plentiful. Okay. But I also I brought him up, too, just to bring up the fact that he also received a truck from Ocean Spray. Unbelievable. So he doesn't have to use that motorized skateboard that you hate so much. No, the fake story is uh, Murder Hornets. Okay. Now, where did that come from? I just made it up. I just thought, oh, you know what? It'd be, it would be nice to fool yeah. people. I might be. Look at what you did, though. Maybe you I'm testing fate. Out there. Maybe I'm testing fate of 2020, and murder hornets are going to come attack me now. Oh, man. That's, somebody out there heard that and probably had a sigh of relief. You know, 2020 isn't that bad. And then when they heard that it, that was the fake story, you sent them into some <laughs> spiral, man. Yeah. No one got excited. No one believes me. But yes, um, the other one that is true is Animaniacs is coming back in November. Are your kids thrilled about this? Uh, they are. Is anybody I you am. know? I'm thrilled. I used to watch that cartoon all the time. Are you going to watch it all now on Hulu? Probably. Hey, it's better than that Cobra Kai show, I'm sure. Uh, no, Cobra Kai is pretty good. You're listening to The Second Level on the SportsMap Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Home loans that fit your life. Rocket can. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios with way more than the scores. Here's Aton Shander. Okay. The Cleveland Browns need to be discussed. Normally, we're disgusted with the Cleveland Browns, but they had a gigantic victory. On Sunday. Biggest team, as you can see, going up against all the other games that we've mentioned. Steelers beat up on the Eagles. Rams beat up on Washington. Ravens beat up on Cincinnati. If you talk about just winning a football game, the Raiders putting up 40 on Spag's defense shouldn't be this gigantic shock, especially because of the offensive capabilities that Derek Carr even not relying solely on Josh Jacobs, but going up deep in the air. That was a shootout. It was an awesome game to watch. 
and I don't mean to take anything away from the Raiders, who now at 3-2 and two are right there in the conversation, especially with the first head-to-head matchup going in their favor against Kansas City, every right to be in a conversation about trying to win that division. That hasn't been pushed aside by any means. But I told you earlier in the show, people won't be talking about the Steelers enough. It will be looked at as, well, you keep beating up on bad teams. Eagles, the latest bad team you beat up. But they are a legit contender right now, not just to win the AFC North, but to be representing the conference. And, yeah, it's crazy to say that at 4-0, and but they really have turned things around with consistency at the quarterback position. Can block for Big Ben, things are going to happen. Even that defense we've seen so aggressive. The only other team that sacked the quarterback more than Pittsburgh coming into that game was Philadelphia. But Cleveland, still everybody a little unsure about the Browns because going up against the Cowboys, they rush for 1,000 yards, and Baker Mayfield doesn't really need to throw the football much. No Nick Chubb. You're trying to figure out how healthy ODB is. And here comes the Colts, who outside, and this is a big one because they you start to look around at that game going into it, you see a pretty big injury on their D-line. See a really big injury in their linebacking core. See another guy or two miss in the secondary. One starter, one bench guy. That starts to add up when you're talking about, as in the case of the Colts, one if not the best scoring defenses, meaning allowing points in the NFL. That was a battle, and Cleveland finally pulled away. But even still, it took a lot. And, you know, this was a great win for the team, especially defensively where they were able to limit in that fourth quarter just to a field goal for the Colts who who were fighting, and they were. They did not give up. And with Zach Pascal kind of overtaking what T.Y. Hilton was before Phillip Rivers got there, The offense was able to at least move the ball some, but Cleveland just had some good fortune, big turnover and late and deep in their territory, but also being able to match some points. And granted, they did a lot of their damage in the first half, but that's why this is an even bigger win for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield didn't screw anything up. And that's still the baseline, I think, for Mayfield, who despite his two interceptions, still continue to put his team in a position to win a football game. And they didn't ask Hunt or Johnson to just go crazy and carry the ball 60 combined times. Kareem Hunt's going to get the football, especially with no Nick Chubb. But Baker Mayfield made some throws and was leading his team down the field. And that was big. Granted, they didn't even get a touchdown if you really look at how this thing played out in the fourth. Both defenses stepped up. But it was Cleveland who got the most right there. And that was huge for this Browns team to now be at 4-1 and one and right there next to Baltimore and, of course, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. But my goodness, when you look at... The safety that kind of opened things up. And at that point, you've got a nine-point game. And what was the biggest stop, the biggest 
series, if you will, came on defense for Cleveland. And this is a huge sign for the Browns. We know that they have talent on offense. It's just predicated on, will Baker Mayfield be the reason why the Browns lose? He doesn't have to be the reason why. He wasn't the reason why the Browns won. Just because you're not the reason why your team loses doesn't automatically default you into being the reason why your team wins. But for Mayfield, that's really the ceiling right now of expectation. This game was won defensively. It's a nine-point game, and for about 10 or so minutes of game time, it just went back and forth, 29-20, 29-20. That safety, when you had that fourth quarter open, was huge. That settled now as a two-point game, even with the touchdown and two-point conversion. The problem for Indianapolis is they put together a 12-play drive that went three-quarters of the field, winding down. They finally got into field goal territory. They finally were able to push the Browns' defense back enough. And Cleveland steps up, and they're only able to muster up the three points. And then from there, Cleveland has basically three minutes left to do whatever they want, and that ended with a Cody Parkey kick. It is kind of cool to see, and this is such a back-end storyline, trust me. It's not one that I think should dominate the headlines. Baker Mayfield playing well. Kareem Hunt taking over the role of being the feature back with no Nick Chubb. And that defense making play after play in the fourth quarter to take any type of momentum away from that Colts offense and keeping it as much of a distance as you can. They were socially distancing that that Colts offense for the fourth quarter. But Cody Parkey, who, of course, went through the whole thing with the doink and the Bears and went through a, a tough time mentally, and a lot of people just don't even care about kickers when they're kicking well, let alone in general. So I recognize that he's probably not at the tip of people's tongue or on the forefront of their brain, but for a guy who came in, kicked three field goals, and is kicking well in Cleveland, you may see him in a pretty big moment. Could come down to something pretty big where Cleveland expects or asks at the very least and expects Cody Parkey to make a big kick. If that's the difference between... A, hosting a wild card game or not, or taking over in Pittsburgh or not, then look at that. Watch that sucker play out because it's coming and there will be redemption in the air. One thing I love about Baker Mayfield playing well is that it takes me away from those awful commercials and I can just mute them and not watch it and feel better about watching Baker on the field. That's the difference. But the Cleveland Browns with a major victory. And open up the convo. Start talking about Cleveland as a legit squad. It's there. News today as we open up the program with the Atlanta Falcons firing their head coach and general manager. Not the same guy. That was Bill O'Brien in Houston. I don't know what took them so long, but they have totally set their team back another year by keeping Dan Quinn around. And if you were fortunate enough on the global market or anywhere else you could find it, to take Dan Quinn at plus 250 earlier in the week before this weekend began, then you cashed out. It wasn't Adam Gaze. I don't know now 
who the next head coach will be to go. Dan Quinn left. Adam Gaze was already, he was the only guy that you had to lay juice on at minus 175, and this was Wednesday, so it might have changed a little bit, but it didn't change to the point where coming in on Sunday morning, Dan Quinn was now minus 175, and Gaze flipped back to 250. But we can cross Dan Quinn's name off the list. We already had Bill O'Brien out, and now I'm looking at this wondering who the next head coach to go would be. Adam Gaze, it's almost like if he hasn't been fired yet, why all of a sudden? There were so many opportunities to do this after, of course, he had influence with the roster. And, in fact, if he's convinced, if he's conned anybody there, hey, you get me a better quarterback and I can make this thing happen. Let's just lose. Let's draft Trevor Lawrence. Let's trade Sam Darnold. And watch, it might buy him another year or two, which is crazy and insane. And I know somewhere Jake Asman is melting down thinking about that. But it's a very fair precedent that has been set by people who have conned their way to power by fooling people above them in the NFL organization that they work for. This would not be the first time in which Adam Gaze scapegoats his problems on, let's say, Sam Darnold and the injuries around him and buys another year or two simply because they draft Trevor Lawrence. Again, what's keeping Detroit from truly firing Matthew Patricia? Why hasn't he been fired already? One win? Was that enough? Was that truly enough right now after you start 1-3 and three and it's another disappointing year, are you only looking at the Vikings and thinking, well, at the very least, we're not Minnesota bad, so let's just keep Patricia around a little longer. Their defense is horrific. It's like Atlanta. What are you expecting to happen here? So Patricia was plus 400 last week. I imagine Gase will still be the odds-on favorite, but... Patricia, I would think, is right there. And here's another thing, too. Jacksonville has already overachieved their expectations through five weeks. I can promise you they were hoping to go 0-5 like the Falcons, Giants, Jets. Hoping to just stay winless in order to truly solidify their shot at a quarterback. Sorry, Gardner, but that's the goal there. I don't know if Doug, if firing Doug Marone actually hurts your case. He was at plus 700. Mike Zimmer's not going to get fired this year. Not in the season. That's not going to happen. Anthony Lynn is not going to get fired before Patricia or Gase. I don't think he gets fired at all this season. Vic Fangio, not. Look at the quarterback situation. And then you've got Matt Nagy, who, uh, come on, the, the team is winning right now. And that's a throwaway at plus 2,000. All right, I have a number that I'm going to throw. We're going to do a special Monday Night Football edition of One for the Road coming up. Because I have a number that I think our in-house resident Chargers fan, Ron Culver, is going to disagree with. We'll see. Coming up, One for the Road next on the second level. Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level on the Sports Map Radio Network. Presented by Rocket Mortgage. Live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. 
Here's Aton Shander. I right, one for the road. It's a Monday night football edition. Chargers and Saints. Now, I see the total at 50 and a half. It might have been bet up, depending on where you are right now. But I saw this number come in, and my buddy here, Mark Drumheller, at X underscore Drumheller. Great follow for Fox Sports, the gambler here in, in Philadelphia, station that I do local stuff. He's on a bunch of other things, including Philly Influencer. Primetime unders are 10-6 and six this year. That's a pretty big number and pretty big discrepancy to where I would say, okay, I'm convinced I'm going to play. It's a Monday night game. It's going to be tight. We even saw that last night where it took a while for those two teams to get going, at least for Seattle to get going. So I said this earlier. I even think we were on the stream, twitch.tv slash Shander Show, before we even started the program officially, and I mentioned that number to you, and you immediately poo-pooed it. You said, no, I don't buy it. I don't believe it. Chargers are going to outscore the Saints and might even cover, if not win this game. Is that accurate? Yeah. You like... The Chargers to I like win. The, I like the Chargers in this game. All right, let's look at the total here first. Ten and six, the under in prime time. And you still want to stray away from that and go over the 50 and a half. Right? Mm. Is that right? Are you there? Or? No, I'm, I'm thinking about it. 50 oh, okay. and a half. Meaning, yeah, you know, if I figure, you know, 24-21, that'll, that won't cut it. But one team gets to 30. Another team gets to twenty. I could see. Yeah, you know what? I so over fifteen, just five zero point five, right? Yeah, five zero point five. But remember, we're we're talking about there are some key numbers, right, that you have to look at for totals when playing an over under. Doesn't mean that it's always going to determine everything, but fifty one is one of those key numbers for a total. It's not, it, you know, 41, 43, 37, 44. 51 is there. So you're te- if you think, like, these are the results that the majority of the games will fall on. So if you think that it's going it, to, you basically have a little indication there. 51, you know, is, is a popular number in which games end. So going, you already have underneath that. Or you can look at it the opposite and say, well, I only need 51 won't push. 51 will win. Over 50 and a half, I can get 51 as a key number to hit. In fact, I actually like it now that I see it at 50 and a half. 51, I would go under. You might even push a 51. I, I still, I'm, I'm thinking 50 and a half. I'm thinking, right, let's I, do this. I'm this, thinking there's going to be some scores tonight. You like the Chargers. I like the Saints. Do you like the over or under? Because I'm going to go under. I'm liking the over. Oh, you would. You would. I'm, I'm liking the over. I think it's going to be more of a shootout than we're giving credit for. And we'll see tomorrow. If yep. it's right, then we'll put that LeBron James level respect on your name. <laughs> so, can I ask you a question? Oh. Fake news with Ron. With all the fake news out there. Don't believe those lies. It's on Shander to give it to you straight. Three stories, but only one is fake. It's true. I know it's a weird thought, but it's true. Can Shander spot the fraud? Here's Ron Culver. I think he can. Aton, you've been on a roll lately. Uh, It hasn't been bad. 
Yeah, I think you got this. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's, has it been like a true role? Well, yeah, then you get, uh, you were right on Thursday, right? Yeah. You were right on Friday. Right as rain. Isn't that a streak? You're right. You know, I was right on Thursday. I don't were know you why. right on Wednesday? I don't remember. I can't remember back that far. No, but yeah, you're, uh, you know, it, it has been a little streaky. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you got to be feeling good about it. I feel great about it, my friend. Let's do it. All right. Story number one. A beloved children's show from the 1990s, tailored with adult humor, is making a comeback with brand new episodes this November. What's the show? Right? Animaniacs. Oh, yeah. I remember that. It's like the the little... Um, the Warner Brothers and the yes. sister Dot. Yeah, I remember that. Well, they are making a comeback with brand new episodes. Interesting. Okay. Now, is that it? Or is there some sort of like, it's going to be on Disney Plus? No, no. Or... Well, it's going to be on Hulu. Okay. And Steven Spielberg, I believe. But is... do you have to pay for this thing? or is this It's on Hulu. Like... Yeah, it's a streaming service. Yeah, I understand that. But you got to pay this... for Hulu. Yeah, but there are, are different levels of Hulu. Well, I mean, the different levels of Hulu, basically, Don't I think there's and, two. Yeah. I think, isn't there two levels of Hulu? I it's think there with are ads or without ads? No, there's some sort of middle tier. Is there? Partial yeah. ads? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you. Partial there is. All right, so the Animaniacs are back in effect. They're back in effect. All right. I like it. I'm not going to watch it, but it's believable. Everything's coming back. Everything. See, that's the thing. is It's so specific and such a deliberate thing that's coming back, it makes me think, okay. Let's do it. Story two. Story number two. A Hold on. I'm trying to find it. Sorry, I inhaled something and I started choking on myself. Do you need me to take over? Well, if you know the fake news story, I'm going to say yes, sure. No, we, I, we can all, I can do something else, and then when you're back, we can move it to all right. 1240. You ever have that happen to you? Yes. God. It's God, not fun. Like, my, my throat just feels raspy now. Yeah, I know that. I, I know that feeling. I'll is there it, nobody in there that can get you a no, cup of water? No, no one's in here. This is why Jake does by myself. This, no, this is why he takes off early. He doesn't want to, he would rather have me die on air. That's true. That's how he it's going to be. You're right. He would. Our good vibed hero is at it again. Nathan Apodaca just created the next viral video. Is this the guy on the skateboard? Yes. I thought we already smoked him out. As a cheater. Smoked him out? No! Yeah, he was Why a are we cheater on a him motorized out? skateboard. I saw, uh, who was it on the NFL game day? They were promoting the halftime show. And they had him on the the skateboard with that shot. It, it's, at that, it jumped the shark. As soon as the NFL game day crew was doing a bit on it, I thought it, it immediately shark jumped. Right? But that because it's motorized? Yeah. yeah. You can have a motorized skateboard. They're not as easy to ride as you think. They're easier than a regular skateboard. I nah, know that. Nah, nah, because they look like, I mean, you know what? Either way. Okay. You're fine. So what's the deal with him? Is he getting a, a YouTube channel? or? Is... No, no, no. He just created the next viral video. So Has it already gone viral? It should. It will be. Give it time. I haven't seen it yet. I know. Give it time. 
Now, to be fair, I didn't see it the first time around either, but I'm worried at this point that maybe it's fake simply because I haven't even seen a follow-up to it. It'll, it'll, well, yeah. Do you have any idea what's going on as far as, like, any type of specifics you can give me? Well, it's, uh, you know, it, it was specific to the Lakers last night. So it'll be viral in no time at all. It'll sweep across the country in no time. Okay. Or he might have jumped a shark. Who knows? Oh, he definitely did. Can you at least admit that, that this that, will be his last viral video? It, it could be. Yeah, come on. It, it could be. I, I think we're at that point right now. Okay. Now, let's hit story three, because I'm still torn between the two. Finally, in story three, uh, remember that murder hornet thing we have, we're dealing with? Yep. Yeah, yep. it turns out that that was all... Um, fake? Fake. Wait a second. What? They, I mean, they, they they did have they did some of those hornets did come over, but they're not as lethal as they thought they were, and there weren't as many as they thought they were up in Washington. I'm sorry to burst the bubble on 2020, but ah, uh, it's nice though when we overreact to something in a couple of months, we we're able to look back and say, you know, thankfully it wasn't that big of a deal, but we probably should have still overreacted to it, right? Right? I don't know if we should have overreacted to that. That was the next big thing. Like, what can 2020 do next? Ah, murder hornets. Yeah, that that is true. Okay, well, now we have the overblown storyline of the murder hornets. Story two with our buddy who's creating a new viral video. And... Story one, which is the return of the Animaniacs. Now, normally, I, what's helped me in the past couple of outings here on Fake News is that I've seen at least one of the stories. So that's helped me narrow it down. I don't have kids, so I don't know if kids are even watching Animaniacs anymore. I imagine that if I did and they were, it would come across my radar. I, I just want that guy to be done. <laughs> Man, like, you, you had your 15 minutes. You got your crate of ocean spray. You used an electric skateboard. Like, let's just all move on. All right. I'm going to say story two is fake just because you knew it, it would light a fire under me and get me going. All right. So I'm going to say that. Well, story two is not fake. He did create another video <laughs> this time celebrating the Lakers championship. And it will probably go. It'll probably be watched by many, many people and recreated in Southern California. Um, not only on top of that, though, Aton. Not only did he receive a crate of ocean spray from Ocean Spray, but o- this is a this is a fake story, right? No, it's a real story. The second part of it, though, I thought was fake. What's the second part? That he's come out with this new viral video. No, he has a new video. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, then it'll, it'll it'll probably catch on very quickly. I don't know. Now, here's the thing. Here's the little caveat. Maybe is I don't know if it'll be viral all across the country, but it's definitely going to be viral. With uh, Laker fans across the country, which are pretty plentiful. Okay. But I also, I brought him up, too, just to bring up the fact that he also received a truck from Ocean Spray. Unbelievable. So he doesn't have to use that motorized skateboard that you hate so much. No, the fake story is uh, Murder Hornets. Okay. Now, where did that come from? I just made it up. 
They just thought, ah, oh, you know what? It'd be, it would be nice to fool yeah. people. I might be. Look at what you did, though. Maybe I'm testing fate. Maybe I'm testing fate of 2020, and murder hornets are going to come attack me now. Oh, man, that's somebody out there heard that and probably had a sigh of relief. You know, 2020 isn't that bad. And then when they heard that it, that was the fake story, you sent them into some <laughs> spiral, man. Yeah, no one got excited. No one believes me. But yes, um, the other one that is true is Animaniacs is coming back in November. Are your kids thrilled about this? Uh, they are. Is anybody I you am. know? I'm thrilled. I used to watch that cartoon all the time. Are you going to watch it all now on Hulu? Probably. Hey, it's better than that Cobra Kai show, I'm sure. Uh, no, Cobra Kai is pretty good.